Football season will be here quicker than you think. When planning your football trips, we know that one of the biggest pains is arranging your pregame tailgate party. This season, let gridirontailgates.com take care of all of your tailgating needs. They provide everything for your large private party, including a private party tent, tables, satellite TV, catering, a personal bartender, and setup and takedown. Visit gridirontailgates.com and enter promo code PAC12, P-A-C-1-2, to receive 10% off your group's next tailgate or call 303-359-5328. Gridirontailgates.com are here to make your tailgate experience easy, affordable, and enjoyable. Again, that phone number is 303-359-5328. Gridirontailgates.com. Enter code PAC12. Now available in more homes than the PAC12 network, we are the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack. And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together we are the Podcast of Champions, talking all things Pac-12 football. The titles just keep rolling in, Dave, and it's going to be a good football season. It's going to be a good basketball season. You just know it. It's the Pac-12. It's the Conference of Champions. Right. And look, notwithstanding that the Pac-12 hasn't won a title in either of those two sports and <laughs> whew, are we talking 2004? When was the last legitimate USC title? Like the one that's not taken off. Is that 2004? Yeah, 2004. I mean, you got that. It's not. It's legitimate. It's AP poll, dude. It's, it's, hey, it's, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not casting aspersions. I wanted to know, just so we know, when was the last absolute fact that the Pac-12 won a title? Yeah, football 14, back in 2004. When's hoops? Like, what was that? Hoops, hoops is 97. Arizona. 97? Yeah. Man, it's been a while. Well, we're still the podcast of champions. We still talk about the conference of champions. And we want to talk about what the people want to talk about, Dave. So email us. If you want to do that, pack12podcast at gmail.com. Do we have a lot of emails today? I look think we do. I think we've got a good amount of emails. We've got some yeah. we've got some some critical emails we need to discuss as well, ah, which we'll get crap. to. I haven't looked at them yet. That's always a good sign. Oh yeah. Uh, you can tweet us too uh, at pack twelve podcast. You can text us or call and leave a voicemail also at 424-532-0678. Write that down. Put it in your phone. You get mad about something you're watching on the tube about the Pac-12 network or about whatever. Just text us. Send us a voicemail. We'd love to talk about it. And, of course, our website, Dave, which I hope you update after this episode, Pac-12podcast.com. The likelihood of that seems minimal, but... (laughs) But hope springs eternal here on the podcast of champions. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually moved studio, so Dave is recording this episode. Uh, I, but I'm expecting it to go swimmingly. The the, the level sounded good to me. Um, I'm in the new uh, my l- new little studio thing, but it's it's a little tinny in here. Hopefully, get it all. Fi- I've got books all over the floor, Dave. It's just a mess in here. That sounds great. That sounds fantastic. Well, congrats on the move. 
So we have to, we've got a lot of things to discuss today, Ryan. Yes. We've got to talk about Pac-12 revenues because it's the off season and all we're going to do is talk about money because, well, that's what we do. And uh, then we've got to answer a ton of questions. Is there anything else we need to take care of, Ryan? I do. I want to talk about our sponsor, True Nobilis. And I was actually in Big Bear, weekend, uh, Big Bear Lake uh, over the weekend uh, with my wife and some friends that was talking about True Nobilis. I got my, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Talking about True Noblesse, and I'm coughing up here. I got my sweatshirt, so it was a little chilly in Big Bear, so I brought my brand-new True Noblesse sweatshirt there. Uh, but it's great. If you're looking for high-quality athletic wear that motivates you, True Noblesse is your answer. True Noblesse has a motto, quality over everything. And at True, True Noblesse, you get top-quality products with great designs that are updated every month. There's great casual wear for fitness enthusiasts, T-shirts, tanks, sweatshirts, accessories. There's a selection for men, women, and children. True Noblest is family-owned and operated and is founded by a U.S. Army veteran. So check out True Noblest Casual Wear by going to true-noblest.com. That's T-R-U-N-O-B-I-L-I-S.com. Use our code CHAMPS, as in Podcast of Champions, Conference of Champions. The code is CHAMPS to get 20% off your order. That's true-noblest.com. And remember to use our code CHAMPS to get 20% off your order. So I like my stuff, Dave. I'm, I'm real, pretty happy with True Noblest now. Very cool. So shop yeah. at True Noblest, everyone, and, uh, and and do so from whatever links we've given you. Do it now. <laughs> Go now. True-noblest.com. Use the promo code CHAMPS. Well, okay, so do we ever do a show, Dave, where we don't mention John Wilner? Uh, in time immemorial, in years past, I'm sure there was one, maybe even two episodes in the early nascent days of the podcast that no one can remember. But in the in the in the in the near term, no, no, John Wilner is a fixture here. Um, he's almost as much of a fixture as Kyle Bonagura was during the season. We don't yeah. mention him anymore, but uh, yeah. but he was a fixture Kyle, during uh, the season. He's, he's in like Asia right now, like vacationing. So hi, Kyle, if you're listening to our uh, podcast in Asia. Yeah, I really hope he isn't. I really hope, it, like the 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 you know, if he's hiking in Asia, the like moments where he has an internet connection, he's not using him to download this really fine podcast that I have uh, very very positive feelings towards at all times. Right. Um, well, okay. So basically, what was going on? And, and John Wilner always does a great job. He's with the Bay Area News Group, you know, the San Jose Mercury News. But he um, always does a great job of kind of summarizing what some of the big news that comes out means. And basically, what happened was. The rumors were that the Big Ten was going to would have dis, is going to distribute fifty million dollars per school in 2018. So it's an increase of forty percent year over year with their new TV deal with Fox. The Big Ten has been doing it great. Um, there's Michigan. Uh, they their annual annual financial presentation came out and it showed forty one million dollars in distribution. So pretty much confirmed what. Uh, the rumors were about the big, the big, twi- uh, the big ten, and so what Wilner did is put together a great piece, um, you know, showing basically what it means for the Pac-12 uh, and compared what the Pac-12 makes now. And there's some projections and all this kind of stuff, but with all the different conferences, um, and the I guess the glaring number to me, Dave. So in in 2018, the Big Ten is going to distribute 51 million per school, and that was confirmed. It's projected for the Pac-12, uh, and they did some increases uh, that he's you know, projecting. It w- works in his calculations. 
$33.5 million per school. So that's $17.5 million per school for this year. But if you look at it from 2019 to 2024, per school, the I know you're not a big money guy, but the per school for the Pac-12 versus the Big Ten, so example, USC and Ohio State, or maybe a better example, like Washington and Rutgers, Rutgers would make $105 million more than Washington over that five-year period. So that's not... That's not insignificant. That's huge, huge money. That would be entire athletic department budgets for like a division of a group of five conference. Yeah, it's it's bonkers. And like that's at the level where even I, who I don't, I'm not a monetary alarmist as far as these things go. Um, I think there are diminishing returns once you get into like, uh, th- there's a certain level of like, what are you actually going to spend an extra $50 million on? And I'm sure there's people who can come up with things, but the things that you spend money on are the things like coaches and facilities that have a direct impact on what's going on on the field. And those can only, I mean, obviously you could probably improve facilities infinitely, but it's diminishing returns once you get beyond a certain level. But at that level where you're at $20 million more per year, we've already seen in the last couple of coaching carousel cycles, um, salaries getting, inflated i think beyond a point where i was realistically expecting they would go um like to have uh coordinators dave aranda again i think he's making two million dollars a year to be like a fine enough defensive coordinator at lsu is that correct i believe so yep so to have it already be at that level um where the coordinator salaries in other conferences are already getting to the point where I don't know how easily um, like a median Pac-12 school would afford that. I know Oregon um, is able to pay Jim Levitt about 1.5, but even still, that's one school doing that, and they're doing it um, with all of Nike's money behind them. Um, for like a Washington State to ever compete at that level, to Oregon State to ever compete at the level, for the Arizona schools to ever compete at that level where they're paying that much money, for Colorado and Utah to ever compete at that level where they're paying that much money regularly to assistant coaches. I just don't think that is entirely reasonable with this amount of money. Now, that being said, we have pointed out in the past the differences in the Pac-12. It does draw from – or it, in – if it's operating at its most efficient point, it's probably drawing its assistance from a slightly different pool from other schools. You know, you guys, you want guys with West Coast recruiting ties, which generally means they're West Coast-ish guys. So you can probably anticipate a certain amount of regional discount, but I don't think it's going to be on the order of, you know, whatever $20 million more per year that the other schools are making in different leagues. The, uh, the It's funny. So the $105 million over five years per school, if you're looking at a conference – it's like one and a quarter billion dollars more over that like five year span. So like the life of of one student athlete, the Big Ten will make one point two five or something billion dollars more than the Pac twelve. <laughs> I mean that's that's insane. Now that's the biggest discrepancy, and they they beat even the SEC, but like over a billion dollars over the life of one student athlete, Dave. Like that, even you, even you, that has to be alarming. Yeah, no, it, it's it's hugely alarming. I think it's more alarming from um, I don't know if by a school by school basis. It, I mean, it's alarming, obviously, but I think um, 
it just occurred to me that this might be, um, and this might be a dumb thing to occur to me at just this point, but this leads me to c- consider that this might also be something that affects the very, um, like, survival of the sport. Because if revenues get so far out of whack that it actually does affect the competitive balance and the Pac-12 is essentially no longer a Power 5 league, even if it is de facto, I don't think that does anything good for the product on the field. Um, And I I think... And there's imbalance at every level here because the Big Ten... I mean, obviously, there's going to be new media deals and the whole deal, but the Big Ten is outpacing everybody by a pretty wide margin. Um, They're outpaced... So it's $105 million uh, to bring it all... It's $105 million is the difference between the Pac-12 and and Big Ten over a five-year span. Fifty-one million between Pac-12 and SEC, uh, twenty-seven million between the Pac-12 and the Big Twelve, and Pac-12 and ACC is ten million, which is more or less negligible. And you could make an argument the Big Twelve is more or less negligible as well. Um, that reads more to me as there's two two-ish halves there in the SEC and the Big Ten, and three have-nots because twenty-seven million. You could make this argument with the Big 12 and say their distributions are nearly $80 million less than the Big 10. They're having a catastrophe as well. Um, and yep. the ACC is in basically the same boat. So maybe that's not even the takeaway that the Pac-12 is screwed. Maybe it's just that this model doesn't work and they have to move to something more uh, collective as a Power 5 in terms of how they negotiate their TV deals. You know, the same way the NFL has done with um, their TV deal. It's a broad league-based thing. Maybe it just needs to be that for the Power 5 schools. Yeah, I don't know. And they, and I think the Big Ten has done it really well because they can renegotiate too. Like the Pac-12 was stuck in this deal forever. And I think the Big Ten gets to do three new deals in that time. So, I mean, every time you do a new deal, it's obviously getting better. Uh, the Big 12 is a little different with with Texas and Oklahoma, their big dogs get more money, um, and they I think they control their own, uh, you know, tier three rights and things. So there's some different things there. And the ACC just launched their own network, already expecting ten million dollars per school. So you know, like ten times basically more than what the Pac-12 is distributing for the Pac-12 network that's been around a long time. Um, I, I I get it that the the Big Ten's really outpacing everyone, but I I certainly like the way you know, some of the other conferences are positioned compared to the Pac-12. And by the way, the Pac-12 commissioner, who's well at the bottom of this totem pole, gets paid the most of all the commissioners. Oh, yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want what I'm saying to sound like justification for anything the Pac-12 is doing. I think they've failed in so many wildly different ways that we've covered at length. I just mean that um, there's, there's real imbalance here, regardless of whether you think it's, uh, I mean, obviously the Pac-12 is at the bottom of this. But there's real yeah. imbalance everywhere here, um, so I'm. I don't think this is long term um, something they can sustain as a sport because you can't have the Big Ten. I mean, if if we're if we're making the connection that money equals better quality of play, which uh, whatever, but if we're making that connection, however loose it is, and that holds true, then the Big Ten should be winning a whole hell of a lot more games than everyone else over the next 10, 15 years. Um, and if that's true, then that's affecting the competitive balance and the whole deal. And I know the SEC won't stand for that. Um, so it'll be interesting um, to see where this all goes. But the Pac-12 is certainly not positioned well. And that goes on uh, a lot of the leadership here. 
maybe we should, what's the, uh, can we start a big 10 podcast? Should we do that? Like a week, could we get a little bit of that money coming our way? How, how do we, how do we leverage? We'll have day? to get even fatter. Um, I think <laughs> if we're going to cover big 10 Midwest schools, um, work in a lot more butter into the diets and, um, drink a lot more heavily. Uh, I mean, I could, I mean, yeah. I can, I can handle every bit of that. Every yeah. single bit. I don't know about you. You're, uh, you know, you're no, one I, of those. Yeah. And you're a, you're a volleyball player that, that really doesn't equate. I could have M&Ms for breakfast, you know, that's fine with me. Whatever. I, I can work at it. Live your truth. We got to get a little bit of that money. We got to get, you know, like it's just, it's not trickling down here in the Pac-12. We need some of that Big Ten cash. Absolutely. Um, so we'll <laughs> so we'll see uh, what happens there. Obviously, uh, I think that's going to be a big topic um, in about four weeks at uh, Pac-12 Media Days. Um, I'm sure Larry Scott's not going to say a whole lot about it, but that's a that's some pretty big big numbers, big gap there. Absolutely. Well, should we get some see. questions? Yeah, do we, um, I don't think we really had much on like the, the Twitter sphere and stuff. We, people were kind of talking about that. Um, I think they suggested some some baby names for you. Yeah, Gary Indiana would be a very good one um, for if I had a boy. Um, because Gary is a real dump. But I, I feel bad for Gary because it was one of those old industrial towns that just kind of got, you know, shuttered by the oh. economy changing. Like it was one of those Great Lakes towns. But, yeah, it's a dump, um, so I'd be fine naming my kid after that in honor of what it once was. Um, so, yeah, that's a good one. I like, that's, I like that suggestion. Hand them over. If you've got suggestions of really crappy towns, crappier than Abilene, Texas, because that's the rule here, um, and assuming I have a third child, which is no yeah, guarantee. Is, um, is that negotiations right now, or are we like – Look, I, I, it's, it's a it's – a, it's, it's a discussion that I generally do not take part in, and I will not have any decision-making power over. Um, <laughs> however, if it gets made, I will have some capacity in helping out with the name. So, All right. Uh, we had Tucson, too. I think someone suggested Tucson on Twitter. Tucson's a little rough for me. So, like, Gary's a name. Abilene can be shortened to Abby. Berkeley is at least a last name. But Tucson, like, what are you going with there? Are you going with Tucson? Yeah. Like, what are you calling that kid? So I, I want to be fair to the child. Like, they've got to at least get a, a workable name out of this. Um, but I also want to keep up the theme. So I'm, I'm at, sure. yeah, I'm at, a, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm, of, I'm of opposing minds on this because I want to name him after a shitty city. But there are few, <laughs> fewer and fewer dumpy little cities that are um, – you know, workable names. Right. Yeah. You don't want like some bearded, fully bearded fifth grader to get beaten up because they named Tucson, you know? Right. Right. And I want it to be like, obviously the name of that city, like obviously like Abilene is nothing but Abilene, Texas. Yeah. Um, but also be like a fine and good name, you know, Abilene. It's pretty Abby. Nice. You know? Yeah. I do so, like that. Yeah. All right. Well, where, where are we starting on the questions here? Cause I think we have a whole bunch. Uh, we're starting with Jeff, where I'm going to omit uh, three paragraphs of what he wrote and just read the second part. So, okay. uh, from Jeff, uh, this is SC Made. Um, real serious question for Dave and not so serious for both. Hi, Ryan and Dave. You two are the best, and I always enjoy your unprepared podcast. Dave, despite not doing any heavy lifting for this podcast, your humor is always appreciated. He, <laughs> he then asks a very insulting question about somebody we both know and love. 
Not so serious question. Easier troll job, please put in order. So we're to rank these troll jobs. Soccer fans, ASU Herm Edwards supporters, Noodle Arm Browning at UW, Oregon State fans in the hope of winning an in-conference game. Okay, easiest troll job is Oregon State fans, but it's the one I would be least inclined to take because it feels mean. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I would agree with you there. I think so- I think soccer fans have gotten better. They're the most but- fun troll job. Yeah, but they've always been really easy, too. And they you know? take themselves so seriously. Yes. But I, I, to their credit, and I don't want to give soccer fans a lot of credit, um, I think they've gotten, I think they've gotten wise to all of our, our trick. I mean, it's, I, I know it's hard to be like living in, you're living in a country that most people don't really care about the sport that you're very passionate about. And so there's like this defensive. Well, there's, that, that's part of the feature for a lot of them. They like being the, like people who discovered the band first. Oh yes. Yes. And they're like, Oh dude, no Pearl yeah. Jam was great when I saw them. Yeah, no, they started to suck when they went mainstream. Yeah, they, they, you know. No, I, I liked offsides before it was cool. <laughs> Insufferable. Yeah. Um, so you, would you put them second? I'd put them second, and then I've got I've got some uh, thoughts about the next two. ASU and Herm Edwards is easier to troll than Noodle Arm Browning at UW, and I would say it's largely because UW fans are almost completely in alignment with us on Jake Browning. Like, it's almost impossible to troll them because... Because we're not trolling Browning, because I, I really hope he doesn't listen to this podcast, but we're trolling, we're, we're attempting sort of to troll the UW supporters because we love them, but it's fun. But they are untrollable on this because they mostly agree. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I would agree with that. I think we don't run into a whole lot of Washington fans that are like, you're so mean. Why are you so, you know, like most of them are like, yeah, it's funny. I mean, you know, we love them, but you're right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Kind of yeah, and ASU Herm Edwards, there's only been a couple who've gotten a little defensive, but for the most part, I think they're sort of in the same boat where they're just kind of waiting and seeing at best, mostly with the Herm thing. Yeah. Um, and then he finishes off this podcast as one of the best, and although it is fun to jab our crosstown rival, David, you are always welcomed on the P. Ryan, please treat yourself to a massage. I am sure your back is super sore after carrying David and his lack of effort after all of these shows. Fight on, SC made. That's great. Uh, sorry, I didn't read the first part of your question, but um, well, I'm sure you understand. I've, I haven't read it yet either, but I'll, I'll have to go back and look. But um, yeah, no, Dave's dude. Look, Dave's doing more heavy lifting. He set up the the Google voicemail. That's why you can text us. Mm-hmm. That's all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's recording the episode today because I'm I'm moving offices. That's and... why it sounds so bad, everyone. If you're well, wondering. It's gonna it's gonna sound great, and if you you know send in your request if you want Dave to do more, like I think that's awesome, you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so great. Well, we got uh, a series of text messages, and I don't think the person left a name, but we I think so. It says it's almost certainly somebody who has texted us before, but again, we do not save any of this. Right. Um, so I think these are name suggestions. Um, so it says O two slash O two. Uh, oh, so maybe one of yeah, okay, sorry, maybe, one of two. Maybe we I read assume, one of two first. There. Yeah, it's um, they're coming in the weird order in the emails. He said, "I assume if Dave names his third kid Blythe, then he's not having a fourth, right? <laughs> uh, you've left no, nowhere to go down, nowhere down to go from there. What could even possibly be next?" And he well, said, that's well, the, that's the question. Is it could okay? So he has the suggestions. Go ahead. Yeah. So he says Lubbock, 
uh, Vacaville. See, I would say neither of those is worse categorically than Blythe. Yeah, right? I like I like Blythe. I think that's cool. Um, no, no, as a city, um, Blythe is oh, a real yeah, yeah. dump. Um, I mean, you could talk me into Baker. Um, Baker's pretty cool. You got the Heisman Trophy first. Uh, you could talk me into Brawley. You could talk me into Brawley, another one of the uh, B cities from the um, you know the hinterlands of California. Oh. Um, there's there's some dumpy stuff. Um, I mean, I what if I just called her Bernardino, right? San <laughs> Bernardino's kind of a dump. Um, there's a um, there's a lot I could go with there. Uh, but yeah, I think Blythe is is we're scraping the bottom at that point. So I might need to put uh, might need to hold that off until you know eighth or ninth kid. Gotcha. Uh, and then he also said, or he or she, we don't know. Also, I'm not a soccer guy, but the one real upside you have to give them is 45 consecutive mis- minutes, no commercials, halftime, then 48-ish consecutive minutes, no commercials. None of these five-hour games you see in baseball and sometimes UCLA football games. I think that's right. I mean, that, that is a big benefit of soccer is that when you turn it on, it's on. And it's not, you know, in a commercial because it's interminable like some baseball games get and some football games get but what are you watching for those 45 minutes right yeah exactly and then they have like a replay now var var something and they still let the clock run like just stop the clock like if you're gonna go to replay like officials are somewhere in you know wherever in moscow looking at some video thing like stop the clock how hard is that yeah absolutely all right we got another text message uh, go UCLA 05 here. I was a biology major. Yes, Ryan's guess regarding vines growing up a wall or around a lattice is indeed an example of thigmotropism. This is exactly <laughs> what happens when ivy climbs the wall of a building as it grows. Nice. There we go. Hell yeah. A biology major writing in. Thank you. It's beautiful. Um, but but do, ask, uh, so who is this? Go UCLA 05. Do we need that word? Did we need it? Like, we we it, needed it, it. We needed it. We need all the words. All, we need all. Let's not condense them. Let's make them more. Let's have as okay. many words as possible. Let's make it like German, where you can just make a word out of like just a combination of different nouns and verbs. Uh, I'm gonna have to drink less because like I keep losing brain cells, and if you're gonna add more words, I'm never gonna remember them. It's gonna be hard. So right. Yeah. Uh, but that's just me. Okay. Stanford Stronghold. This is from Earl in West LA. David, my favorite Bruin Woods. Um, but he put a lowercase. He capitalized the R. That's weird. But you're his favorite, so that's good. Okay. Well, just I mean, learn. I, I just you might want to switch that up. It's not like an Irish name. Like the capital goes in the first, uh, <laughs> in the first letter. But okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> well, 2018 be the year of the gutty little Bruins break the Stanford 10 game winning streak. I hope not, but I'm wondering what the wisest Bruin in Georgia thinks. Wow. Wow. That's another, I think those are two compliments for you in that one email. That was great. I think that was more of a backhanded compliment. I think oh, both of yeah. them were, but it's great. No, I love it, Earl. Um, you're great. Um, I looked at this. So I, I just did my Stanford like early look. Um, they are going to probably be a little rough up front defensively um losing harrison phillips some other pieces up front they don't return much on defense uh, except for their secondary um offensively if 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 kj costello is back their offense should be pretty 
darn good if he's you know fully fully recovered from that hip injury that kept him out of spring. Um, I'm gonna say it's it's possible. Um, I think it would be really funny if Chip Kelly did that in year one after Jim Mora had seven tries in six years and couldn't pull it off. I think that would be funny. I don't think it'll be like a, I think Stanford will be favored by maybe a field goal. Um, I don't think it'll be all that much. Um, it'll the the issue for me is it comes after the USC game because of that delightful bit of scheduling, um, and it's also the week of Thanksgiving. And if we've known anything about UCLA over the years, is that they can be prone to distractions in that week after USC, uh, where they get kind of that emotional high from the game, however it goes, where they get kind of peak emotion, and then uh, getting up for the next game can sometimes be a chore. Um, so I'll say right now, no. Um, I, of course, reserve the right to change that in the next, whatever, five months uh, before that game. But as of right now, I'd say no. All right. Um, we'll see. Chip Kelly magic. He likes beating Stanford. He does. Um, he does. And David Shaw hasn't had to deal with him in a couple of years. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not. I, I, so if you'd asked me this about any Jim Moore team after like 2013, I would have said, oh, yeah, Stanford's winning that no matter what. I'm not there at all. I'm just looking at kind of the the way the programs are right now. Look, UCLA can make a ton of strides from fall camp, opening day of fall camp to November and look like a completely different team by that time. And when they do, you know, it could be that they just, I mean, they could blow Stanford off the field. I have no idea at this point. But if you're asking me looking at the rosters right now and, you know, what we kind of gleaned from spring, yeah, I'd probably go Stanford right now. Cool. All right. Uh, we got another one from Earl. Oh, okay. Soccer. Dave and Ryan. I don't even have the words to describe how excited I am that the Pac-12 Network will televise 30 soccer games next year. Question. How many seasons of Pac-12 soccer matches does it take to achieve total attendance of 90,000? A. 1. B. 2. C. 3. D. No one knows because it has not happened yet. E. No one cares. Let's see if you can turn this into another 15-minute soccer discussion, Earl in West L.A. All right, uh, so if you're at Drake Stadium and it's a men's soccer game, or if you're at – where does USC play its soccer games? Uh, they, they only have a women's team. It's McAllister Field. You guys don't have men's soccer? No no men's soccer. Jeez. Um, okay. They won like the, I think they won like two national titles in the last decade, but I don't think a lot of – people go to the games is my guess i i just don't know i yeah who knows um i i can't imagine it's more than a couple of thousand tops right right i would i yeah i wouldn't think it's that and th- and that's like a you know they're a really good team i think that ucla has a good women's team and stuff too i believe right yeah, yeah. the obvious answer is it will take only one season because if you add up all the games it's you know it's going to eclipse that but not by much like not by a ton um so, yeah, to your larger point, yeah, no one gives a crap. Why are you wasting time televising soccer games? Just televise reruns of whatever football game you just played and then televise content about football. I mean, especially when you're in, like, kind of desperate position right now, which you are. Like, you've got to get eyeballs and interest. Don't uh, – uh, whatever. Whatever. I don't think we can do another 15-minute soccer discussion Uh-oh. because we will have rioting in the streets if we do. Yeah, there was a so there was the first zero zero match I think yesterday or the day before, and then uh, there's like they're, now they're doing two matches at the same time, so one team can't like just 
sit on sit it on or whatever. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I'm trying to understand. I watch, but I'm just like, it's just, I'm just not into it. I'm sorry. I just don't like it. No, it's not great. It's not great. And, uh, yeah, I had some people on my Twitter who were uh, coming after me for my zero zero take, where I was like, you know, any sport that ends frequently in zero zero, like, how can there be any discussion about whether it's a good sport or not? I mean, if you're ending in a scoreless tie, you're kind of screwed. And they were parsing my use of the word frequently because it only happens seven percent of the time. If you end zero zero seven percent of the time, your sport sucks. Yes. Like it just does. I, I, That's too much, yeah. And it ends in a tie like 50% or more of the time. That's crazy. Yeah. You can't tie half the half of the time. Like, you're no. doing something wrong. Like, no. It's just I, 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 like parsing whether or not 7% means it happens frequently or infrequently. It, it kind of elides the point. Just it's, it's, it's bad regardless. If we're debating whether or not 7% is a lot. It's just bad. Um, what was it like? What was, was it? Five, six years ago, Alabama, LSU, nine three in the SEC title game. Like you still talk about that as being the crappiest thing you ever saw, and like that's one. You know, that's one game. Like you would remember that decades later how crappy that was. Like you get that crap every time in soccer. Every, day. Well, you know, every other game is something like that. There's a, a joke among UCLA fans because they've. I think this is correct. Beat me up if it's not. There are two separate instances where UCLA played Illinois and won six to three. And so when I tell people, oh, um, my, the worst game I've ever watched was UCLA six to three, they're like, which one? Um, but this, it was my first game as a, as a student at UCLA. I got to sit in the Rose Bowl and watch UCLA beat Illinois six to three. And I wanted to claw my eyes out. Like, it was that awful. And that's how every, I mean, I won't say every soccer game. Some are exciting and fun because, you know, miracles happen. But most of the time, it feels like 6-3 uh, to three, UCLA over Illinois. Nice. Um, all right. I think we're getting a history lesson in this next one. Do you want me to do this one, or are you good? Uh, I'll try it. I don't know. Fuck. Um, it's, it's long as hell. It is kind of long as hell. All right. Centers of gravity. Hi, guys. I was thinking about Ryan's re recent allusion to Clausewitz's strategy of, quote, moving the center of gravity in regard to how the Pac-12 can save itself from being totally irrelevant in college football. Now, Cla where did Clausewitz come from? This is like that's, that's I think military that's strategy. Clausewitz from like the Prussian. Yes. Like. 17th century general kind of crap. Like, what the hell Look is this? Look at you. Uh, centuries, eh, a little bit off. I mean, we're talking early 18th century. This is this is Napoleonic era, but, or sorry, early 19th century, early uh, Platonic, uh, early uh, Napoleonic era. But that's great. Look at you. Look at you with the history. No, but I, I don't remember mentioning this or anything or knowing much about it. I don't remember you mentioning this at all either. But. <laughs> the important thing is somebody got the impression that you did and thus thinks you are a smart person. Oh, yeah, that, that would be incorrect. Okay. Um, <laughs> kudos that either of you would invoke a reference to a political theory associated with someone other than Machiavelli, but I digress. I would like your thoughts on the observation that there is something the Pac-12, Big 12, and ACC all have in common, but the SEC and Big 10 do not. The Pac-12, Big 12, and ACC all have their 
own centers of gravity anchored to historically powerhouse programs, USC, Texas, Miami, located in a place with a disproportionately high number of elite recruits. So he's saying USC, Miami, and Texas are all highly fertile recruiting grounds. This uh, caught my... This caught my eye because California, Texas, and Florida are the three largest states in population, while Florida is fourth and will be number three soon. As a result, it seems like the Big Ten and the SEC have every incentive to keep the Pac-12, Big 12, and ACC around as independent entities. Having five power conferences means that no conference can lock up enough viewers, which the Big Ten and SEC have the most of and recruiting hotbeds where the Pac-12, Big 12, and ACC are an advantage to form a quote-unquote super league of only blue-blood programs. It's true that the SEC and the Big Ten have tried to expand their footprint into each state, but with limited success. Divisional alignments have thwarted any chance for, say, Texas A&M to shift the SEC's competitive balance. It's also no coincidence, I think, that broadcasters have been unwilling to push for more realignment, even though each of the Anchor programs, USC, Texas, and Miami, have been struggling in the last few years on the field. Clausewitz's actual quote when translated from German, though, seems to imply that autonomous entities will seek to impose a center of gravity even if it doesn't exist. This leads me to conclude that we shouldn't presume that there's a single center of gravity for Power 5 schools, but in fact, a minimum of five separate ones. In other words, there's more words? I'm beginning to think... (laughs) That this is a playoff that 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 in the playoff era, having five cookie cutter leagues is actually probably the worst thing each conference or business partner could support. Now that broadcasters and the NCAA got their way about the championship, it's time for the Pac-12 and others to tailor their conference as they as they see best with things like the nine-game conference schedules, transfer rules, so on and so forth. I don't think it's a coincidence that the last time the Pac a Pac-12 team won a national championship. It didn't have a conference championship or even 12 teams. Uh, we were different, and it worked out. Let's not be so timid that we lose control of our own destiny. Keep up the great work. Thomas at MRTPSM. So that was long. That was actually really interesting. Um, it was. I, 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 it, so I was saying that earlier about the TV money and all that kind of stuff and how it's interesting that the way that works out is also the SEC and the Big Ten are making, you know, the most money from TV and the other three have fallen quite a bit behind. Um, And so the argument is essentially to boil this down, there's a built-in advantage with the three lower leagues that the top two just kind of by happenstance don't have, which is the recruiting hotbeds. I, I think you could make an argument that the SEC does have it when Florida is good because Florida definitely does take a lot of, um, Miami and Florida State juice from the ACC in terms of recruiting. Um, but I think the larger point is sound that um, nobody is long-term beating Texas in Texas and nobody long-term is beating USC in California for talent. And if the talent is there and if those recruiting hotbeds remain roughly the same, which um, Andrew can educate us about demographic shifts, our longtime listener, but um, I think Texas and LA are relatively safe from that um from major shifts in that regard, um, those aren't changing. So uh, the point, I guess, is that whatever the the relative strength of a conference is, you know, play into that and, um, you know, kind of do your thing your own way because, I mean, 
is is the Pac-12 ever going to win playing the Big Ten's game and trying to generate? Because they're never going to make up that deficit in total. Um, like they're never going to make 105 million dollars more over the course of the next five years. Um, I think the best they could probably do is maybe cut that in half. And does that really do the job for you? Um, so might as well embrace kind of the things that make the Pac-12 unique. Yeah. It's an you interesting know, the, argument. The, I don't know if I buy it, but I, it's an interesting argument. It is. And I think, you know, when you look at the, the Big Ten is pretty unique. And you're talking about the, you know, Napoleon and all that kind of stuff. Um, there's almost an element to like Russia, like a Russian defense with a lot of the Big Ten programs where, you got to march a long way, you know, through the winter to try to, to get there, and you, you you get there, you're screwed. Um, you we've seen a couple of countries try to do that, but you know, it's like individual states that are big and spread out, and there's like, you know, it's like Iowa and Ohio State and Penn, like you basically you're in this one state and you're the main thing. You know, there's Michigan, to Michigan State and stuff, but it's kind of this spread out thing where everyone has their own territory and. It's like you, it's your, only, your own unique world, you know, so there's not as much overlap. I think in the SEC, yeah, you're in Florida and stuff, but there is a lot of just overlap with everybody. Uh, it just seems like everyone's kind of separated in the, big, in the Big Ten and they have their own, like you have a whole, Nebraska has like a whole freaking state to cheer for you, you know. It's like this just real unique thing that I don't think you have a lot of other places. Yeah, absolutely. So interesting stuff from Thomas. Yeah, thanks, Thomas. I didn't know I mentioned that in my life. You know, I don't so think you did. I'll, I'll now i got to go read about this dude, too. So like. Yeah. Uh, Klausowitz is cool. Okay. Yeah. You mean he fought Napoleon? Um, all right. You ready for uh, another text message? Sure. Fun Chris Hardwick fact. He went Uh-oh. to UCLA and competed in the Spring Sing with his band Hard and Firm. They're also responsible for one of the best music videos of early YouTube, Pi. All right, so if you want to look this up, it's called Hard and Firm, spelled H-A-R-D, um, N, just the letter M, P-H-I-R-M, and then the, the, the song is called Pi. So check it out. I'm not looking at it because I don't really care, but somebody else can look at it and tell us if it's good. <laughs> nice. Um, I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to check that out. I didn't know he went to UCLA. I did. I knew that, um, when I was finding out about, uh, all the other fun stuff he's been up to. Um, ah, very nice. Yeah. Um, all right. We got John and Brea, another relegation email. Ooh-hoo. Hi, Ryan. They, I'm sorry. I just said woohoo, you know, Woo-hoo, relegation. I do love relegation. Uh, first I want you to know how much I enjoy your summer slash off season mini podcast series. It's a fun way for us to get to know you both a little better. I was at work daydreaming about how interesting it would be to join Dave, Rick Neuheisel and Brian Kelly to watch college soccer, a college soccer game in Tucson. If only that would be good, huh? Don't you think? That'd be fun. That'd be fun. I'd enjoy it. On to the real reason I'm writing. No, John, I think the real reason you're writing was that first that opening salvo. Though I don't think this this matters to you. You just wanted to say that. Yeah, uh, that seems obvious. With New Heisel, yeah. Uh, but he said, "What if the Pac-12 completely flipped the model of what a college conference is and used the division format as a way to separate the good teams from the bad each season? The Pac-12 could add six more schools: San Diego State, Boise State, Nevada, UNLV, Utah State, and Colorado State to create the Pac-18 and completely own the Western United States." Then create a 
two nine-team A and B divisions and use relegation within the conference divisions to create added interest. Each team would play all eight teams within their division and two teams against two teams from the other division, which would leave room to always play your natural rival. That would leave two open slots, I'm sorry, two open spots to play other Power 5 or Cupcake non-conference games. The top bowl tie-ins come from the upper division, but the conference as a whole could have more than 10 teams bowl eligible each year. You could use the relegation format for football and basketball and have all other sports compete as usual because they are still in the Pac-18. Think of the excitement that would that would be creating that be created during the transition year when the bottom half of the Pac-12 is competing to stay in Division A. I apologize for the long email. This might not work for the mini podcast you are doing now. What? Throw it out there for your consideration. Thanks for all you do, John and Brea. I think that's a joke about me. Yeah, podcast. no, he was he was dumping on our our short podcast. Ironically, <laughs> I hope um, that sounds fun as hell. Actually, I love that idea. Yeah, I, anything that has relegation in it, I'm 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 listening. I'm I getting, like this like, because I, it takes care of um, scheduling issues too. Because you can play the lower division schools that you would probably be playing some version of them anyway if you're a Pac-12 school. Like, everyone's got UNLV on the schedule at some point and San Diego State on the schedule at some point. Um, obviously, getting Boise in there instead of, you know, whatever, San Jose State would be a step up for some schools. But I, it takes care of some of the scheduling problems, which are becoming, I think, even more and more pronounced over time as other big-time tw- big conferences cease to want to schedule so i like this idea let's do it tomorrow i think you got to include fresno state in that group though probably san jose state too make it a pack 20 whatever yeah that's true i mean you you know leaving out a couple of california schools um you got you kind of already have the san jose area covered with stanford and cal but fresno there's a lot of talent there like oklahoma go in and get a bunch of guys so you know you might as well bring that the central valley into yeah the mix uh, in some capacity. Yeah. But yeah, good stuff, John. Love it. All right. Um, this is from Lance in Tucson. Dave won Tucson nil. Um, I just got through listening to the, quote, Desolation of Dave album. The word seminal comes to mind. The opening track where Dave forgets to post a show was totally reminiscent of his early solo stuff before he hooked up with Ryan and got all corporate and, quote, responsible. <laughs> One of my favorites was, quote, Tucson and other shithole cities. I'm an SC grad living in Tucson, and I love it here. At least I did before I listened to Dave. Hearing Dave's curb stomping of 90s music was like hearing the baseline to Seven Nation Army for the first time. I think we'll all remember where we were. I know I will. The In-N-Out track was a little derivative, but even great artists say things they wish they could take back. But the ultimate track was, quote, my daughter broke her arm. When Dave shouts out, quote, there'll be no participation trophies in this house, young lady. It's just, wow. I'll admit my first thought was to call Child Protective Services. Then I realized that's just classic Dave. Besides, he lives in SEC country, and it really does just mean more. So keep up the good work, Dave. You're not just making podcasts. You're changing lives. And Ryan, don't quit your day job. Seriously, go make another Peristyle podcast. Fight on, Lance. We have some smart listeners, you know. I it's, love our I love our listeners. They're all there's good. really smart stuff that people write. It's great. Yeah, uh, that was good stuff. It, I got no. It, I, I have no comment. It was good. Really? Okay. 
Um, good, great job, Lance. Thanks for that. But yeah, I'd, I'd love the. Uh, I mean, you can obviously tell they're listening. They're listening to the end of all the crap that we talk about. Yeah, uh, we're gonna get to somebody in a little bit who's not happy. Who's not oh. happy about getting to the end of some of our crap? All right. Well, here's our, our buddy Nick. Uh, question. Uh, Nick got a little frisky on the Paris dial today, by the way. We had to lock the thread. Oh, um, no, hi, Nick? Nick, yeah. What are you doing? There was, <laughs> I don't know if you want to talk about this. There was a, uh, um, a, a, a prominent recruit who was about to or going to release uh, a yes, 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 yes. commitment video and someone from another network like kind of stomped on his uh, his, his big day. Um, and there was a lot of discussion about that. And, uh, I don't, I don't know where you stand on any of that stuff, Dave, but I think, um, I, I, I'm of two minds about it. Cause I understand not dumping on a kid's dreams of like releasing a video, but I also think that's a stupid dream. So <laughs> I, I'm of two minds. Um, I think we're all part of an industry that, um, at a certain level, we need to collude with um, these families and with coaching staffs and all this other stuff. So it's generally dumb to like break the omerta on some of this stuff, the code of silence. Um, but at the same time, like I can understand like readers of these sites also at times being a little pissed. They're like, I pay money for this. Why can't you tell me what you know? Um, so I, I, I understand it from a lot of different directions. I would opt for like abiding by the kid's wishes just cause I wouldn't want to deal with the blowback. But I also yeah. think that the abiding by the kid's wishes crowd gets a little holier than thou with this stuff because what I, some kid wants to announce on a video that he's going to a school that he'll probably attend for a year and transfer from. Okay. Who cares? <laughs> who cares? I mean, I, I uh, poor kid that he didn't get to announce on a video that he made with Bleacher Report that's still made that he's going to release anyway in two weeks and that people will still say, oh, this is so cool, even though it's not. So it's fine. So yeah. I'm, a, I'm conflicted, Ryan. I have no strong feelings, but a lot of minor feelings. Yeah, I mean, I never, I'm never one. I'm, you know, y- you can get burned sometimes. Like, you know, we've all had this happen where like, hey, this is going to happen, but we want to do this, so can you wait, you know, a week before you say anything? Yeah, sure, that's fine. And then, you know, two days later, someone else that you compete against puts it out there, and um, you know, you're like, well, I could have done it, but and I, you know, I I respected whoever's wishes, and you, it's a game you play uh, all the time. But you know, I always try to, if if you know a kid's going to do something um that he thinks is really cool like you, you certainly don't try to do that now if you see that everyone else is about to do something and you're like well shit i better do it but it's this kind of crazy thing but anyway i don't know how we got that that uh, rabbit hole but uh nick in cyprus says hey it's nick from cyprus aka big nick 21 usc hi ryan and yes i'll change it up a little how you doing dave he did <laughs> brew in his life what then he says with this <laughs> Nick, can you move your meds or something? Like, you, I have to, like, <laughs> I gotta read it. How you doing, Dave? He did brew in his life, fuckhead Woods. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we asked Nick to change it up last week because he kept calling uh, Dave, uh, don't brew in your life, Woods, I think was the name. Yes. And uh, he switched it up. So we can't yeah. be mad. He switched it up. He goes, F word nuclear on you, man. I don't like that. That's... That was big time. 
Come on, Nick. Uh, Stepping up it, to the plate. It was, yeah, it's like subtle. You know, we want some subtlety here. Um, Nick doesn't. Our man Nick does not do subtlety. I respect that about him. <laughs> it's just. I'm just gonna call him a fuckhead. You know, like that's fine. Um, it's like okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm in a weird mood. Question: What do you make of the past? And and uh, NBA draft two first round picks with the number one overall draft pick, four second round picks uh, for seven overall picks in the draft. Would this be considered a good year by the Pac-12 or a bad year? Is Larry Scott to blame or Pac-12 Network? Is Bill Walton or Kevin O'Neill to blame? Curious on your thoughts. Please be snarky and try to answer this basketball question in June. Fight on from Nick. Oh Christ. I didn't even know there was we had like Pac-12 seven draftees. That's cool. Yeah, um, and top end talent, pretty good. Second, I think it's the second year in a row where or, uh, DeAndre Ayton was number one. Um, and, yeah, Fultz was one last year. Yeah, right? Fultz was one last year. Um, I think it's two years in a row. I'm not sure if it was three, but um, definitely two years in a row. The Pac-12 has had the guy. I think um, overall. A pretty good draft for the Pac-12. Um, I think reflective of a greater talent level than uh, was present among those teams in the tournament. Um, I think the Pac-12, as we discussed a little bit during basketball season, has a real coaching problem. Um, the marquee programs, I mean, Sean Miller, I think, is a fine coach. I don't think he's super elite. Steve Alford is mediocre at best. Um, and those are the two marquee programs in the league, UCLA and Arizona. So for them not to have truly elite coaches, um, I think hampers the league. Um, I think, you know, I think if you're counting the other, you know, pretty good coaches, you're probably looking at Dana Altman at Oregon, who's done a nice job. Um, you're probably looking at um, uh, Larry Kristoviak at Utah, who's done a pretty good job relative to the talent level he gets at Utah. But by and large, I think it's a league with uh, mediocre to bad coaches, and that's reflected in performance relative to talent. I don't think talent I, I i don't think the pac-12 should be winning a title every year um i don't think they're getting that level of uh, one and done talent especially but they should be performing better than they are um like the league should be um better than it is it's been fourth or fifth in most advanced stats rankings for i think the last like 10 years or so there have been some moments yes where they've been better than that but it's um there have been a lot of down years so yeah i think uh, a lot of that's a reflection of bad coaching um, yeah, I just checked out because I don't know anything about basketball, so. That's fine. All right, onward. <laughs> onward, Thanks, onward and upward. All right, this is from Choney19. Hey, guys, love the post-apocalypse zombie talk last week. Gave me some things to think about and how to reorganize my bomb shelter. Questions. One, with the new redshirt rule, does that guarantee we'll see JT and DTR, or basically every freshman, get on the field at some point during their freshman years if only to give them some experience and see what they can do, then redshirt. So let's answer these in, in parts. So um, I don't think it guarantees it, but I think it makes it much more likely. So he said, with the new redshirt rule, does that guarantee? We'll see kind of the freshman quarterbacks, USC's JT Daniels. And... I don't think, I mean, I think it's going to be certain situations. Like there's, it's not like you, okay, you can't use a guy, but, you know, coaches don't, aren't going to play him just to, for the sake of playing him. You might see a guy that's like a the redshirt freshman, you know, the quarterback during his redshirt year, get some mop-up duty at the end of the season just so he gets his feet wet a little bit. But I don't think it would guarantee it, you know? 
Yeah, I, 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 that's what I would say. It doesn't guarantee it. I think it just makes it more likely. And um, I think uh, at something like quarterback position, I think in blowouts especially, like say JT is slated for redshirting because Jack Sears emerges, or say DTR is slated for it because Wilton Spate shows that he can come in and just start immediately. I think it does make it more likely that those guys might get a look in you know mid to late season blowouts more than they would otherwise because obviously you wouldn't want to burn a guy's red shirt for that but if you can play four games why not get you in there even if it's just to kind of hand the ball off just to give you a feel for what it feels like to be on the field in a major college football game i wouldn't be surprised if that sort of stuff becomes much more prevalent yeah no i agree with you and then number two are you doing the poc every week because it's a personal challenge or will you try to do it every week again next year and so on is that like we're giving up sweets or something? Or yeah, or is that like it's it's obviously not useful, so we must be doing it as some kind of like internal like challenge to ourselves? Um, yeah. I think I it's think a little it bit of both. Serious. Yeah, <laughs> it be a serious podcast if we're just if we do you know if we skip five months, you know, like I think we knew we kind of had to do something. Yeah, I think there have been a couple of weeks for both of us where we've been like, oh, it would be really beneficial if we did not do one this week. Um, but we've powered through, and at this point, we're just going to continue going because yeah. we just got to do it at this point. I don't um, think I'd feel bad if we had to skip a week or two. Like you know, there's not that many left. Like you know, basically you have July, right? Yeah. Um, like we could skip one of the next three weeks, and it wouldn't. We really... could probably okay. skip next week without. I think even upsetting too many people because we've got July 4th and the whole... That's true. Yeah, maybe we'll... Actually, let, let's do that then. We'll just skip next week. We're we'll going to skip next week, everyone, just to end this personal challenge um, and also okay. make it so that we can actually build up some content so we're not just taking questions for an entire show. Um, maybe get a guest again. People have got to be sick of hearing from us, right? You would think. Like, we haven't really heard a bunch of requests for guests, but, I would, yeah, I'd like to get some on. Um, yeah. Maybe we get Wilner on again so we can uh, talk to him instead of talking about him. Right. Um, three, question for Oregon fans who are listening. Bought my tickets for UCLA, Oregon today. Can any listeners of the POC make any recommendations of things to do, places to eat in Eugene during a game day weekend? Thanks for the great work, guys. All right, so Oregon fans, if you're listening, I don't think that's a huge constituency for us, so I hope they are. Um uh, make some recommendations for Choney. Place to eat. Things to do. Eugene. Uh, we yeah. Like what are what are we going to do? Should they tweet us? Are we gonna? Um, yeah, yeah. Tweet us. Tweet us or email us. You know, contact us the usual ways. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, this one is arg. Yeah. So is this what you're this talking is, about, this Michael? Is, this is our angry friend. Okay. So Michael's not very happy. Arg, all capitals with four exclamation points. So, I mean, he's this is serious. He's mean. He means business. He here. means business. This is not a joking matter. This no. this podcast that is free is not a joking matter by any means. <laughs> this isn't the insult, Dave, in the first line. To, to so we'll read it uh, or take it seriously. Okay, so you guys want insults? Here's the most insulting thing I can say about you guys: the POC is starting to turn into sports talk radio. Perhaps the worst form of media. I would I would rebut just right away, Michael, um, that we don't have like crap loads of commercials, so there's not five minutes of content and five minutes of ads. So I, I would say we're not turning into that. Uh, but we'll we'll read on. I realize it's the off season, but you really think that most of your listeners give a crap about Star Wars, pop music, fast food, or what your kids did? Man, I listen to hear about sports. <laughs> 
So he said, we're, we're turning into sports talk radio, and he wants to hear about sports, but we're not talking about sports. I don't, I'm kind of confused. Yes, yes, I don't yes. object to some fun, but please keep it more on topic. If, you want, if I want to listen to a bunch of rambling opinions about topics I don't give a damn about, I can always listen to my family. That's from Michael. This is what we get for attempting to do a show every week in the offseason. What the hell are we supposed to talk about? You All right, so we rely on our listeners providing us questions because, well, this is a podcast that we do in our free time. And researching a bunch of topics about it, well, it's just uh, it take a lot of work and we're not willing to do it. So we take questions, we answer those questions, and sometimes those questions are a little bit off topic. But we've made a commitment to our listeners to answer each and every goddamn one of them, including <laughs> this one. So, um, if you have a problem with the things we're discussing, maybe take it up with all of these people that you think don't care about the things we're talking about. Yeah, I would say, I mean, Dave likes to point out, this is a free podcast. Um, I mean, you could point out, well, there's plenty of other Pac-12 podcasts you can listen. Oh, wait, no, there's none other one. We're the only one. So, we're the only ones that bother to do that. I mean, I don't want to make an exclusionary argument. I mean, if, if uh, look, I think there's always room for valid critique and all that kind of yes. stuff i would just yeah. say that this is um this doesn't i mean look you can feel whatever you want about what we're talking about uh, it, i i don't you know if you don't like hearing anything that's off topic i would recommend probably finding something uh i can make recommendations podcast ain't played nobody is probably more football centric in the off season most football podcasts that you're going to be listening to though are very much not um, or they have to find really tangential and I want to say very boring ways of uh, making it more related to sports. We haven't really bothered with that, making thematic episodes. Like, I know the Solid Verbal does this, um, where they do thematic episodes where it's like turning it into a game show or all that kind of stuff. And that's fun for some people. I, I We don't have the energy to put in the work to do that um, because, again, we're not making any money from this podcast and we both have day jobs. Um, but... Um, maybe that's what the people want. I don't, I don't fully know, but it's probably not something that's going to happen here. So if you are interested in stuff that is much more football centric in the off season, I would recommend other podcasts seriously. And I'm not even trying to be like, go, go to hell. I mean, that honestly is that <laughs> we are not going to be able to carve out cause we would have to do deep analysis or deep planning of this podcast and we simply do not have the wherewithal to do that at this moment to be completely honest and frank with you michael yeah and we want to provide obviously a quality we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't think we could give you some kind of quality product uh i think we both you know we know more about pac football now than when we did when we started this three years ago we keep learning and we talked to people that are involved in it and all the different um, programs we you know we're doing our best to learn as much but it is june and i think a lot of the, the reason people listen to this show uh if you're interested in the pac-12 if if you like the personalities i mean if you're listening to do you think this guy on sports radio has a better opinion than this guy you like you're listening to the guy that you just kind of like better you know and for whatever reason people kind of like the chemistry dave and i have and so we're, we're trying to bring you as much football knowledge and, and our insights as possible. But, you know, it's going to, especially during this offseason, it's going to digress to talking about just whatever's going on. You know, I'm moving offices or Dave kids, one of Dave's kids breaks an arm because he did something terrible as a dad. Whatever right, it is. Right, because I'm know, a horrible parent talk about. So and that's... somebody should call CPS on me, right? <laughs> 
I don't know, Michael. I, I get it. I, I get your 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 criticisms here, and I I, I I take it. I just don't know if there's I I, I and I'm uh, again I'm not trying to be dismissive. I don't know that we're going to be changing that at least through the off season. So if if it is infuriating for you, maybe just check back in with us. You know, in the t- couple weeks before the season. Yeah. All right. Um, who else we got? I think Hitler Day is next. Okay. Uh, minimum basic blues. I'll have to decline Ryan's request for research last week. WGA rules say I need to wait on my residuals checks from your you boys first. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't remember your request for research from last week. No idea. We, did we ask him to, like, if you make a reference to something we said, like, Try to give us some context. That's the beauty of that. Oh, it's that's it all comes together. It's beautiful. <laughs> uh, rounding out the out-of-conference discussion, four Pac-12 teams will play Brigham Young next year. Arizona, Cal, Washington, and Utah. All are home games except Cal. That's one-twelfth of the entire league's non-con games, so it seems like they're worth looking into. What do you think of the other Cougars, and what are the odds of a sweep? I want your thoughts. They've not been as good um, in recent years. Uh, I've watched a little bit. I think Utah's uh, done pretty well against them. I just don't, I've I've not dove into what BYU's program is. Um, I know that there was some talk about with, you know, more people scheduling BYU, it it gives the Pac-12 a little bit more flexibility as far as like moving the schedule around. Because there's problems with Stanford and, and USC both playing Notre Dame. But I think when you play B, like an extra team playing BYU, I think it helps a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. But I, I mean, I don't remember a whole lot about them. I just know they just haven't been as good. They were really, they were actively very bad last year. Yeah. Um, they're not projected to be very good this year. I'm looking at their schedule now. So it's at Arizona, at Washington, at Utah, and Cal at home. And of those four, the one that feels winnable to me is probably Cal at home. But I think Cal's actually going to be a little bit better than they're projected this year. Um, I think they'll get swept through Washington, Arizona, and Utah. The question is whether or not they can beat Cal. Um, I think it's more or less a coin flip at that point. So, yeah, I'd say it's a, I'd say it's a fairly decent possibility that they get swept in their Pac-12 games next year. Um Cal being the one question mark, but I think they, they open at Arizona and I think Arizona is going to be really good uh, or at least significantly better than BYU. Um, Washington is unwinnable for them. And then at Utah, you know, you've got the rivalry effect. I think they, those games are generally fairly close, but I think Utah's just going to be a cut above BYU next year. Um, So I'd say uh, I'd, I'd call it a sweep at this point. Yes. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, you're talking about three teams that are going to be, you know, one, two, or three favorites to win their division. Uh, I mean, Arizona might be third, pick third, but they, who knows, you know, Utah first or second to win the South and Washington the favorite to win the North. So all those games on the road, uh, I think will be really tough. And like you said, with Cal, sneakily better than than some people think, uh, but it's at home. So, I mean, something like that could happen. But it's. I think there's a really good chance that the Pac-12 would sweep by BYU with that with that schedule. Those yeah. those teams. Absolutely. Uh, looks like we got another Earl in West LA Pac-12 Network. 
uh, guys, no questions, just writing to bitch. Oh, okay. okay. Fun. So now we're, are we licensed therapists? I think now? that's what we are now. We're talk space. Legally. Okay. Uh, the Pac-12 Network has shown some pretty good football game reruns lately, and I've enjoyed watching them. Today I turned in, I tuned in, and they are showing reruns of conference basketball games all day. Baseball. Are the baseball. Network- baseball. Oh, I'm sorry. Did it baseball games all day? It's good. we're like we're like hour we're, two. We're deep okay. in. Yeah. Oh yeah. My my apologies. And I, you know, to be fair, I'm like in a new position, new environment. My monitors in a weird spot. I know. And, and reading reading is difficult. It is. I did. I've had the the long ones today, though. I think I did pretty good. Today. It's the most. Um, the, it's the most difficult of the three R's. But the most interesting thing is that it's the only one that actually starts with an R. <laughs> All right, so he says, are the network people really this stupid? Didn't they see all the empty seats in the stands during the game? The stands are less than half empty. What makes them think that this is an audience for reruns when the same audience doesn't bother to attend the live games? Also, do they really expect Pac-12 basketball reruns to compete with live games on the MLB channel? It just doesn't make sense. Earl in West LA. I want a ruling from my grammarians on this one. The stands are less than half empty. That strikes me as meaning the stands are um, less empty. So they're less than half empty, meaning that they're actually more full. So I want a ruling from my grammarians because that should actually read the stands are less than half full. Yeah, I would, I would, I'm no grammarian, but I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Earl, you're you're right. You're 100% right. It's crazy, nuts even, uh, that they're playing reruns of conference baseball games. No one cares. No one. It's crazier even than running men's live soccer in the fall, which they're also doing. They're doubling down on some very stupid ideas, and I don't understand why. It should be a lot of football content, a lot of basketball content, but mostly football content. And pretty much constantly. And on like Sunday mornings at like five in the morning, you can play reruns of other sports, but that's about it. Okay, to play devil's advocate here. No, I got nothing. Never mind. You're right. Okay. <laughs> All right, Earl in West LA again. What? Earl? Earl is go- Earl's going off. All right, you ready? Guys, yeah. what national sports network televises reruns? <laughs> okay, he's still on it. Uh, what national sports <laughs> network televises reruns of college baseball, essentially minor league baseball, in markets with major league baseball teams? Which answer is correct? One, ESPN. Two, CBS Sports. Three, NBC Sports. Four, ABC Sports. Five, Pac-12 Network. Well, we all know the answer, Earl, because you provided it in the previous email. <laughs> it is hard to believe the folks in charge of programming can be so clueless. I appreciate Earl's commitment to this cause. He found one, and he has committed to it immediately. What's great is yeah. I think these came at like two significantly different times. So one of these came Tuesday, June 26th at 5.41 p.m., and the next one came literally four hours ago. So the next day in the early afternoon. Earl is um, on it. It might be this thing where he wrote, he got mad, he wrote in, and then like he was flipping through and he puts the Pac-12 network on and he sees another, like, you know, it's like Oregon State and uh, Cal baseball game. Um, too bad we don't have Ron Gorsi, like live tweeting, like a rerun of a college baseball game. But, you know, we, 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 we wish Gorsi the best. But <laughs> maybe he was watching that and just decided like, okay, I'm so pissed. I'm going to write in again. I'm going to do it in a different way. 
Um, yeah. But this is a cause. This is a cause for Earl. I respect it. I respect it. I know this, there's seven networks, all right? So, I, the real devil's advocate. Like, if you're like the LA one or like the, the Oregon network or something, and, you know, Oregon State's really good at baseball. And they're making a run for the. Are they? Are they still alive? Because is it? Is that over? I don't even know. I think our like, next email is about that. So let's not let's not spoil it. Oh, okay. But anyway, so and you're like the Oregon regional network, and you want to show some games from the season that like Oregon State, like say won the national title or whatever, whatever it is. Um, I, I mean, I think that would make sense a little bit. You know, that would. But just to, to show like random uh, games against crappy teams that didn't make the college, you know, the, the, the playoffs or the regionals or anything. It's like, who cares? And if it's on the, the main Pac-12 network, really shouldn't care. The main Pac-12 network should only show football and basketball. Like, don't show anything else on that. Just show the stuff that people want to watch. You, uh, I don't know. I, I get you, Earl. I'm with you, Earl. Um, all right. So this is, well, this came like three hours ago. Slogan and a question from Brian from Walnut Creek. Uh, hey, Ryan and Dave. First, as an OSU alum, I'd like to offer the true slogan of Beave fans everywhere, at least we still have baseball. These words are the really only positive sentiments we have about our sports teams, and no women's basketball doesn't count. I've heard this longing for baseball season many times uh, while watching our Beavs lose by 30 in the rain or by 20 in basketball, where we may uh, somehow be even worse than in football bring on the relegation what the beeves had what was it michelle obama's brother was the coach at one point yeah yeah interesting but so he's gone and then they stink now right Mm -hmm. and they they stunk with him they stunk with him too okay yeah uh now as it relates to baseball my beeves are currently playing in the college world series final last night they lost game one and a couple of questionable umpiring decisions went against us that took at least one run off the board, but ultimately had little bearing on the game's outcome. The umps didn't make Luke uh, Heimlich, who, should, who shouldn't be playing, in my opinion, hit two batters, walk two batters, and our best player make an error all in the same half inning. However, these calls led to many of my fellow beeves to claim conspiracy about how the umps have SEC bias and all the normal crap about how everyone is out to get us, which is a laughable idea considering how bad our sports are. To me, this is the worst part of sports, the constant bitching and excuses that come because a team loses. It happens in all sports. An example being people complaining about my Warriors not being called for enough fouls in the finals, yet they consistently get called for more fouls than their opponents, or my father having never seen a penalty call on his beloved Trojans that wasn't, in his words, complete horseshit. This annoys the hell out of me, so my question to you is what do each of you think is the worst slash most annoying part of fan bases that you would like to eliminate if you could? Thanks. As always, love the pod. Brian from Walnut Creek. Yeah, I, honestly, I think you've hit it for me, Brian, which is the ins- – and I don't even know if this applies specifically only to sports, but it's uh, – we'll talk about it insanely just about sports. It's the insane partisanship where it's um, – if your team does something, it's – great and nothing they do is wrong and if another team does something they're evil and they did something horrible um i I think that's a just a it it plays out in sports where it's like 
oh, they're always cheating, that school. They're always cheating, and our school never cheats, and we have to compete with that, and so all this other garbage, and um, that's just not actually a depiction of reality virtually ever. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that kind of crazy partisanship when it comes to refereeing and all this other junk, um, I think that is probably my uh, biggest issue with fandom in general. Yeah, mine are like the the people that listen to our podcast. Like they just annoy me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> which, hey, yeah, it's uh, it, it's funny. We get this in Los Angeles. Um, you know, there's one local paper. You know, like big you know big paper, the LA Times. There's Orange County Register and stuff too. But um, you know, two major universities in the same town in the same city, and most USC fans think the LA Times is biased. Uh, against USC and most UCLA fans think the LA times is biased against UCLA. So, um, it's, it's a, that's a pretty, it's like a microcosm of what you see in all sports, but it's like, it's a great little experimental environment where you can see it's the exact same paper and both sides think that it's biased towards the other. Yeah, absolutely. You agree with that? Yeah, yeah. no. And I think that's, that's a hundred percent true. All right. I've got, I've, I love that we're ending on this one. Um, this is, this is from Bob. Your podcasts. I enjoy your podcasts very much, but like, please reduce your use of the word like as a like verbal crutch. I am not like the language police, but in some like sentences you use like at least five times. I briefly like went back to you listen to your discussion of the like often quotable Mike like Leach and stop counting at like 50 the number of times you used like in that discussion. Don't mean to be like overly critical. Keep up the like interesting podcast, Bob. Go Bears. I added a bunch of likes in there just for Bob's benefit. Um, if you ever feel compelled to send this email to anyone besides us, please don't. Um, <laughs> it's really dumb. Um, language policing in general is super dumb. Uh, policing it on something like this that is functionally a built-in part of the language at this point. This is like people who get mad at the word literally used in a figurative sense or people who get mad at really any of this dog shit. It's not... You don't get to control what actual language sounds like over the course of your entire life because the beauty of it is that it evolves. Um, you're also, I, I, I can only imagine, Bob, that you might also get offended when people say no problem instead of you're welcome. There's a big subset of people like that as well, which is crazy. It's a crazy viewpoint. Um, find other things to, to tickle your inner ear that make you upset. This is crazy. I, I, and I, I mean this seriously, we're, we don't care. I mean, this is fine. But if you say this to other people, they're going to be a, like, they're going to think you're a, a nutcase. So don't, <laughs> don't do that. The, uh, so I, I'm curious if, am I, would, would I be a bigger offender than you? I no? think, I think we're both reasonable offenders. Um, I, I use it, like I find myself right there. See, um, like I find myself doing that on occasion um but i think it's mostly uh, uh an even battle there but i don't know because it's one of those things that like any verbal tick you don't actually hear it after a while if you are attuned correctly to the ebbs and flows of language like it's not like i'm sitting here i just said it twice in that sentence thinking about the different ums and ahs we say either right yeah, it's That's... a subconscious thing, and it, it's funny. So back in my old career, when I was an engineer, 
uh, I took, and I just said like, ah, uh, like, so you use these words. Um, so I, I, I went from being an engineer that was designing, uh, like computer chips and stuff that would go into satellites. And I moved into like a commercial company from a military company to like a commercial company that was, um, selling products to other companies that would design these chips. So I was a, they called like an application engineer. So I would have to go in and essentially be part of the sales team. So you would have to do presentations and, and, um, give trainings and things like that. So you had to have communication skills and a lot of engineers. And I, that's why I kind of liked it. Cause there weren't a lot of engineers that could actually do that part of it, which always, you know, came fairly easy for me. Um, but I like doing that, but you, we, you, we get to take some different presentation classes and they showed you, you know, they would film you. And if you went up on stage and, um, you know, a lot of people go up on a stage and they'll just keep their arms to their side and they'll say, Hey, you know, wave your arms around and you feel like you're making this crazy motion, but then you look at it and like, Oh, that doesn't look that bad at all. And they would show you some of those little crutch words that would go. So, but like, you know, things like that, that would, you would pile together and, I think it happens naturally and people use it all the time, but that sometimes would, they would do like five, six of them in a row. And you're like, um, um, like, like, but, but, and, and it just sounds pretty poor after that. And I think I started learning that, uh, and trying to, you know, apply that in, in our jobs now, especially some of the interns will end up putting on camera. They'll, they'll use some of those, those, uh, the bridge words and crutch words between, questions when they're asking their subject. Um, so I think it's something that I've been conscious of and you kind of look at, but when you're talking about a podcast, you're talking for two hours. I don't think it's something you think about like every, you know, every word, make sure it comes out clean, uh, you know, prose. <laughs> like you're just, it's like you're just talking, but it's, it's something that I've definitely thought of before. So I would have to go back and listen and hear like, Oh, you know what? I, I've done say that too much. You know, I just counted while you were talking and there were at least a dozen times where you used the word like without actually needing it in the sentence. Perfect. And, but that's, I mean, that's what language has evolved to now. Um, it's conversational. If you actually don't do that, you're going to have a lot more pauses in your conversation because it's a bridge word because it's, functionally giving you time to think of what you're saying next um so you'll have more stuff that sounds kind of like this um and i just don't know that that's any more listenable um i think yeah. for some people who have really pronounced language-based pet peeves it might make it difficult but just because you have a pet peeve doesn't make that right i think people need to like it's some people believe you shouldn't end a sentence with a preposition because they were drilled, they had that drilled into their skulls when they were in grade school by teachers who were incorrect because that's Latin grammar that has no bear, bearing on English grammar whatsoever. But that's not going to change your viewpoint on that because you're still going to want to, you know, convolute your sentences into making it so it doesn't end with the word of. That's fine. Do whatever you want to do, but live and let live, all right? If people want to <laughs> bridge their sentences with like or um or so or whatever it is, just get over it. I, I this this kind of stuff. I mean, it 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 again, I mean, we're not going to I mean, I guess we are kind of beating you up over it, but it's just find something else. Criticize us for a take, not for <laughs> The thing you've apparently willingly listened to a bunch of times that you've decided that you're going to nitpick something that's an obviously natural part of discussion. Like, what's the point of this email? 
I, I mean, it's... Like, are we actually going to sit here and go, wow, well, Bob, who says go Bears at the end of his email, so go Bears, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll throw that in there. Bob says we shouldn't use the word like anymore. So, Ryan, I'm going to go in and I'm going to edit out every single usage of the word like. <laughs> and until you I get it right, until you get it right, we're not recording. And if it takes us six hours to record a podcast where you don't use the word like, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to put in that time because Bob, who says go Bears, said <laughs> we've used it too much. I, you know, I do find it interesting the whole topic because I you know like I thought like I said, um, and that's a you like was part of the sentence. It's not like like you said that, but like I had said before, I think that's something that when you've seen it before, you've studied it, you've had people point it out to you, you've pointed it out to other people. I do find it kind of interesting. But because this is this conversational thing and I was listening to you, it seemed like you would say, um, a little bit between stuff. Like, yeah. um, was one of your bigger ones, I think. And you would say, like, um, so, and they are these little bridge words. And instead of pausing and being, sounding more dramatic, you just kind of talk and uh, that's part of the flow of the conversation. But I, I would like to go back and listen myself and go, man, you're right. I've, I've said this 50 times or I've said like they hear or so or whatever. Yeah, but um, it's uh, yeah. I'm yeah. not Bob, but it's just, it is an interesting topic for me. That um, well, it's a different. It's at. a different thing to be doing a stand-up interview that's two minutes long because that should sound almost rehearsed. Like that's the natural way that should sound. Um, but when you're listening to a podcast, I mean, or listening to the radio, or talking to somebody in real life, God forbid, um, all of those situations, it would be unnatural. I want to say it would sound even worse. If people weren't to use bridge words, they're they're there for a reason. It's not like we evolved this way because we're hiccuping or because we're sitting here. Language always evolves for a reason. There's a reason why we have all these things. I would dare say that the ancient Romans and Greeks had their versions of bridge words. That's why um, colloquial language, if you ever speak to a Spanish speaker as opposed to learning it in school, it's going to sound a whole hell of a lot different because a lot of the ways the words end and flow is different just because of the conversational nature of the language, and a lot of it includes bridge sounds. So I'm going to say this isn't a valid critique from Bob. I would say he needs to evaluate whether or not this is simply a pet peeve or whether it actually has any value whatsoever. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Bob. Dave hates you, but I think you're <laughs> I love Bob. I love Bob and go Bears. Go um, Bears. I just, I, I, I think. I think um, the Bears are going to beat BYU, but Dave thinks they're going to lose on the road, so I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Who knows this day and age with all yeah. that's available to us in terms of information? Well, that's all we got. We've got nothing else. That was a lot of questions we got to. That was a lot of questions. Not a lot of show. I'll be honest with you. I'm a little disappointed in us. We only went an hour and 24 minutes. Um, even with yeah. a lot of grammarian critiques there at the end, even with uh, Michael ripping on us for our topic selection, even with all of that, we still only went an hour and 24 minutes. For Michael, should we talk some zombie apocalypse stuff? Like, what's the best Should thing I talk about what my kids have been up to? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, How are the kids, Dave? They're doing great. They're great. <laughs> um, you know, just living their lives. Uh, I think um, some podcasts might do it, wait till the end. They're like, okay, well, now we're going to talk off-topic stuff. But that's no fun. We're not going to do that. Mix no. It, you know? no, we like to mix it up. We like to mix it up. We like to mix and match these pieces. Um, well, I don't mind having a little bit shorter show since I got to like put – I'm saying like. 
put uh, books, bookshelves. And I don't pens. want you ever thinking about your bridge words ever again. The fact that you told me you sometimes think about it makes me upset for you. I'm sad for you. I don't want you thinking about them. They're good. Bridge words are good. They sound fine. I don't pay yeah. attention to them because they sound good and natural. If you're ever giving a formal presentation, sure, see what you can do to eliminate them. But if you're not, if you're just talking to a human being, talk like a human being. And human beings, they use bridge words. Yeah. I would agree with you 100%. If you're doing a stand-up interview with someone, you don't need to put bridge words between their question, I mean, their answer and your next question. Just go right into it. That's one of the critiques I think we usually do. But for us, this is like an hour and a half, two hour long conversation. Like listen to the, the radio and listen to guys talk. It's conversational. It's not, they're not reading a script or anything. Now we end up reading a lot of uh, questions, but uh, which is long. We need an intern, Dave, to, to like help produce the show and read our questions for us. So we can just kind Why of sit back. Why don't we use one of your interns, Ryan? We should do what, Don't you have any interns over, bro? Come on. I don't think we do. All right. We well, don't. I got a, we got a new one. Uh, she was a rower on the uh, uh, USC row team. We'll see. She had some interest, so maybe I'll bring her in and uh, have her read some stuff. Woohoo! We could do that. Yeah, wouldn't that take like the burden off? Like, have to read all the questions and stuff. I don't mind reading them because I like to add my own spin on them occasionally, and by that I mean um, add words that weren't there in the original question. Um, <laughs> But I, I get the impulse, you know, not having to read some of uh, Thomas's very interesting but very long tomes wouldn't hurt. It would allow us both to focus on the words themselves and not having to read them. Um, yeah. So there's, uh, there's some value there. I can see that. We have to meet Hithliday in person somehow. I, don't, I think Hithliday is a program of some sort. I don't think he's a human man. Oh, okay. One of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he, he definitely... <laughs> Okay. He's definitely made of ones and zeros. <laughs> what was it? There was a, yeah, there was, someone was telling me like, you can actually, there's programs out there now to like write game stories for like real quick, like from box scores. Like it, it sounds, sounds like a human wrote it. Oh, cool. Like, let's, let's further invalidate all journalism. That sounds <laughs> great. <laughs> Like, what's the value of that? Why would you do that? Game stories are the worst part of journalism anyway. Yeah, so if you're going to have a computer do it, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, but why even have one? Why even have one? Why even True. have one now, honestly? Like, why even have one? Just have the play-by-play -play there, and you yeah. can just dive into it. Could they, like, do our podcast? Like, you, basically, you could say, like, you know, okay, Google, or hey, Siri, or whatever, and, like, and have them talk, like. It would hey, sound I'm too perfect, though. Siri and Alexa do like a Pac-12 podcast and see how it comes out. It would sound too perfect, though. There wouldn't be enough bridge words. <laughs> It'd be could very. You program some in. Like, Maybe you could. Maybe you could. You could say after every, uh, you know, fifth word, add a like and a pause. <laughs> you probably could. You can I automate like, that. I have like a, a Amazon Alexa right here. My phone does the Google. I don't have an iPhone, so we have to do the Siri thing with yours. But did you just say the Google? Google thing? It doesn't do like, the Google? Is it okay, Google? or It's a, it's a Google know. Assistant. I don't know. I, I was just making fun of you because it sounded like something my mom would say. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do the Google. The interwebs. Yeah. I don't do the email. Well, uh, David, um, can you do me a favor? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It's to, uh, when you edit the, which is important, editing this podcast and, and getting it up so people can listen to it. Did you just ask me to get it up? But yeah, 
<laughs> this isn't when, that kind of show, Ryan. When you get it up, um, we, we were talking about having another child, or you were, right? Like, right, just, but Katie's not here right now, so that uh, I mm. that makes it harder. Well, <laughs> now you're getting now things are getting a little squirrely here. <laughs> They're getting a little squirrely, but just update the blog too, so people so I don't like log in in a week and go, oh, where's the blog post? <laughs> I will get it up on the blog. You rock, Dave. So, Dave, look, Dave is not an anchor that I'm dragging through this podcasting world. Dave, we are equal partners, so don't let anyone say otherwise. Okay, I'm a Dave? I'm a bird soaring through the air, carrying you to freedom. Right. You know, we're like the Wonder Twins, and I'm the ice pail, and you're the uh, the falcon or whatever, like wow. carrying us. That was great. Is that a that was a deep cut? I have no idea who the Falcon Twins are. No, the the Wonder Twins. They were um, the Wonder Twins. It was, uh, I think it was like DC stuff. So it was an old cartoon, like with Superman and like the Justice League stuff. So there was like these two alien, like purplish twins. They were the Wonder Twins. And they, the one, the girl could be a power to turn into like something, usually something that like flew. And the, the guy, I think, had to turn into something like with ice. Like, so he'd be like, a, I, I don't know. I think that's what it was. But so you're calling me the girl in this situation? You were the girl, well, because you were going to be the, the the hawk thing that was soaring okay. and taking away. I can buy that. That seems fine. Yeah, I, I have to Google it. I've again. got some feminine was qualities, I would say. The was beard. What? I'd say I have some feminine qualities, I would say. Yeah, under the, the beard. The beard. Sure. Yeah. I'd say so. It's kind of a feminine beard. No, no. I would think so, right? <laughs> That's a pretty manly beard. I would it's say, a pretty though. beard. That's what we'll say. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been fun and and lovely. Yes. Well, that's uh, that's your buddy David Woods. Uh, I am Ryan Abraham, and together we're the Podcast of Champions. Thank you so much for tuning in, listening to all our uh, ramblings. Hope you enjoyed it. If not, we'll try again next time. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>